LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel ministry every week. The One Thing is brought to you with thanks to Reach Australia. We want to see thousands of healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches all across Australia. But for now, you press play on another episode of The One Thing, changing your church's name. Uh, Helping us think into this topic today is Andrew Robson, who's one of the senior assistant ministers at North Light Church, an Anglican church. Uh, fairly North large. Light Anglican Church. North Light Anglican Church. Yeah, fairly get it right. La- get it right. Yeah, fairly large church uh, in Sydney's leafy North Shore. Andrew, it's great to have you on the one thing. Fantastic to be here. Now, I want to just open up the topic. Why do church names matter? Well, your church name is your handle. It's the thing that people know you by. It, it, it's important to be able to refer to you. And so, you know, it, it's important in, in every aspect. You your own internal identity and 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 it attaches to your purpose and who you are and it it also is the way that the community knows you and that is super critical as well yeah so it's it's quite important yeah and people obviously have to find you on the internet they've got to find yeah. you on google it's so your handle name is really really yeah. important yeah, yeah. Uh, and and even complex now that we've got the internet uh hard to pick a name that someone else hasn't Oh, got somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. around the world in some country in some one, place. It's one of the real problems, actually, uh, with with names. I think you, you've got. I mean, how many St. Pauls are there in the world? There's a lot, uh, <laughs> and there's some important cathedrals. And, yeah, yeah, and uh, you've you, you know you can invent names, but they can get to the point of silliness. You know, you can get you start, can. I think I think we're, we're Northlight. I think there's an engineering firm that's also Northlight, but fortunately they're different enough that if you get on the wrong website, you kind of one does metal fabrication, one preaches the gospel. There's a there's a difference enough there, but um, yeah, it can be quite tricky, and that's worth thinking about. I think. Yeah, I mean, even us at Reach Australia, there's a Reach Australia Disability Services, so we're regularly getting calls uh, from them on our on our on our telephone line. And I kind of have to ask the question, are you calling up about disability services or do you want to see your church uh, transformed? <laughs> Let's talk. Now, you've been connected with a number of name changes. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about a couple of those? Uh, yep. And also, the current church has only recently gone through a name change as well. So yeah, yeah. really interested to hear about Northlight Anglican Church. Yeah. So um, the three I've been involved in uh, was, was EV Church's name. Central Coast Evangelical Church. Um, moving from CCEC, Central Coast Evangelical Church, to EV Church. Um, I uh, So I was there f- for that process. Um, I was at uh, St. Paul's at Carlingford. Um, I arrived when just after it had been changed from St. Paul's Carlingford to another name, um, but then that uh, upset another church in Australia who were, not, were, were very unhappy that we landed on the same name as them and um, suggested using letters from lawyers that we change our name. Um, and uh, that was an interesting process. And we, we then decided uh, that we didn't, although the Sydney Dice's lawyers were quite uh, ready for action, they were, they were really cranky about this because, uh, 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 it's worth saying, you actually can't um, trademark 
a church, uh, a church name. Otherwise, somebody would get St. Paul's, somebody else would get St. Peter's. And, and that'd be it. That'd we'd be it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. St. Paul's. And, 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 and that's all, all you'd have. And, um, so you can't trademark it or have it as a business name? No. Um, but, but it sounds like... Well, yeah, as in, I mean, you, obviously you can have it as your business name, but, but you can't stop other people from from using it. But um, we decided we didn't want to go to guns with a, a another church. And um, so we, we thought we'd, um, we'd, we'd run a name change process. And we ended up running this great long process that resulted in us changing back to... The same name that you had? Well, no, it was a little bit different. Okay. So we were St. Paul's Carlingford. We changed our name back to St. Paul's Anglican Church, Carlingford. Yep. Uh, and and I think there was a lot in that, and we did a lot of work, and and um, it was really helpful. I think. Well, let's talk about the last one, and then I want to go into some of the details on each yep. of those. So, so the last North... one's North Light. Uh, North Light again. I arrived just after they changed it. In fact, I, I think it changed a couple of days before I arrived. Um, and uh, North Light is, uh, in a sense, a new parish that's formed by the amalgamation or the joining together of two parishes. Um, so St. Matt's uh, West Pimble and All Saints West Linfield, which is quite a mouthful. I still struggle with it, to be honest, <laughs> getting all those words out. But interestingly, it's part of a process where you're actually trying to bring two distinct churches and identities together. Yeah. And a new name can be really important in actually Absolutely. celebrating or starting a, yep. a new identity. And so in each of these cases, the reason for the name change was different. The kind of outcomes that represent a good outcome were different as well, and, and I think that's instructive actually. Okay, so let's go. Let's go back to the first one. CCEC mm-hmm. yeah. uh, changed to EV Church. Yep. Obviously, changes a whole bunch of things. But talk us through the why of that name change. So Central Coast Evangelical Church, right? Uh, Central. If people don't know, Central Coast is a is a fairly large region to the north of Sydney. You call yourself Central Coast Evangelical Church. Who are you talking to? You're basically talking to people coming to the area from outside um, because everybody who lives on the Central Coast knows they're on the Central Coast. You don't kind of need to tell them that. Nobody understands what evangelical means out in the general community. And if they do, they have a wrong understanding and it's negative. And then the, 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 the church, I, I think, you know, you probably church is not such a bad thing. Um, you need to sort of say what you are. You're not, you're not Central Coast evangelical abattoirs or something um it, it's helpful for people to, to know that but it was it, it was becoming clear to us that it wasn't actually a very good name like wh- who are we communicating with and we were struggling with this and trying to work out what are we going to do and we had a great uh it was, it was a great thing actually we had um somebody visiting us um and we we had him in our staff meeting with us and um, we were saying, you know, one of the things we're dealing with was trying to think, well, we need to change our name, we think. What are we going to change it to? And he asked this brilliant question, which is, what do, what does the community call you? How do they refer to you? Do they refer to you as CCEC? And we, straight away we all said, oh, no, they all call us the EV Church. And um, he said, well, that's your name. And we all just looked at each other and went, he's right. That's our name. That's a, The community named us. And that was Genius. So that that leapfrogged a whole lot of um, a whole lot of issues. Expensive processes as well. Getting in yeah, the name yeah, and it was just one, it was one of those. Yes, 
obviously that's right. Like straight away you just went, yes, that, that's that's it. So and what, what the, precipitated the reason to change the name though? Because cause that then means you've got to change all your website properties, you've got to change your Google searches. and I think, yeah, we were just thinking it, it's just such a clunky name. Yep. And we, we, were, we were starting to think into this. The other thing is uh, that would have been when the church was about uh, 10 years old, mm-hmm. give or take maybe 11 years old, something around there. And um, therefore, it's a young church, right? So changing the name, I don't think anybody absolutely loved the name. Everybody loved the church, but the name, yeah. let's. And and so rebranding, that whole process was relatively straightforward. We, We had a pretty clear identity. And so there wasn't a huge need to do enormous amounts of consultation. Contrast that with, a church that's been around since 1850, which is Carlingford, um, known by the same name. So you, you're, you're dealing with a church that's had 160 years of being known by that name, is well known in the community by that name. You change that name and um, you, you have bigger problems. And so the original change at Carlingford from, um, the, from, from St Paul's Carlingford to its new name its interim name, um, was, uh, I think, I, I don't think I'm I'm telling secrets out of school to say that I don't think they thought through the change management steps very well. Because there's a, there's a whole, how do, how do we communicate this? Uh, there's the branding piece, yep. but then how do we then talk to our local community to say, here's who we are? And obviously, you've got to change the signage on the front of church. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and, and there, was a, that's in. there was a lot of issues. So um, there, was, there was quite a few people who were upset. I think the process was was very truncated and very top down, and so I think a lot of people in church were, even if they didn't mind the name change, they were kind of going, "Yeah, what, what, what just happened?" <laughs> like there was a bit of that going on. And again, what precipitated the name change there? So there was it again a desire, you know, because St Paul's Carlingford, not it's not that clunky. Um, Interesting. Uh, interestingly, when we decided we needed to change the name from the name they changed it to 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 another name. And we were running the process of working it out. What we did, because we were genuinely a bit stumped because we'd moved from one to the next and we realised the next name change we had to do very well. Mm. We, couldn't, we couldn't afford to stuff it up. And um, so we actually did some focus groups and we got groups of people in a room and we talked to them about church, who we are, what our values are, and we talked about names and what kind of names they like and what kind of names they don't. What was fascinating was we identified that there was this a uh, 10-year group of people uh, who are, in today's terms, they would be the people who are uh, 55 to 65. Mm-hmm. So back then, they were 45 to 55-year-olds. Um, and they are what, what we call the iconoclasts. So when we, we, we looked at people, the people under that age and the people over that age were quite happy with being called saint something or other. But there was this group of 10 years who were no way anything saint, anything, even the word Anglican we don't like, even the word church we don't like much. They, they, they didn't want to, and we realised they were the group who were young adults in Sydney in the period in the 80s when um, they were fighting the battle to say, can we please stop wearing surpluses and processing and doing all that stuff at the night service so we can reach young people and and we've got to stop singing hymns and we've got to and they fought all those battles and it, it impacted them. Mm. And so they were the ones who were pushing these ideas. They they'd latched onto these ideas that we'd got from America and places like that and said, this is kind of what we need to do. 
But we realized they're actually a smaller group than we gave them credit for. Most people were quite happy with the the churchy names. They, they quite liked them. And the other thing was the community really knew us. So we got a little bit of negative feedback from the community saying, what's going on? Like, what happened to St. Paul's? But interestingly, you added the Anglican. So it was St. Paul's Carlingford. That's what the community knew. But in the renaming naming process, you added Anglican. Yep. St. Paul's Anglican Church. Yep. yep. Talk us through the why of that. We think um, that well, our thinking was, and I think it's still correct, that the word Anglican is still net positive uh, for church naming in Sydney. Now, it might be different in other parts of the world, other parts of Australia even, but in Sydney, I think it's still a net positive. I think there's still a reasonable sense of brand recognition, even if there's a, it comes with some negatives. If you take it away, um, you lose something of the distinctive and then you have to say well well who are you are you are you one of those FIC churches those wretched FIC churches that's a joke um but um are you a Presbyterian church are you a Presbyterian (laughs) church that's right so what are you you know um and and so there's a sense in which hiding what you are at one level is a little bit silly Mm. like you are the the local Anglican church right um and this is where I think one of the differences comes in with names and different church settings. EV Church was a regional church in a regional area. Um, St. Paul's at Carlingford was a mildly regional but actually largely parochial church in the urban sprawl of Sydney. And so when you're when, when you're on the on the central coast, there's a sense that you're known, and it's pretty obvious what you're referring to. Whereas when you're in the the urban sprawl of Sydney, it's a little bit harder to work out how do you how do you get a, a, a label. And so we actually thought about place. So the the concept of place is really important in a name. Usually, mm. with EV Church, it wasn't so important because its its location is very central. It's it's very much part of the the world up there, everybody kind of can point to it and knows where it is. And we were a little bit more invisible early than that, but um, there's a sense in which you don't need to identify where you are. Whereas in Sydney, in the suburbs of Sydney, you kind of do. You kind of do need to say, we are St. Paul's Carlingford. And we found, uh, people probably don't know where Carlingford is. Many people don't, but it's right in the middle of Sydney. It's right in the middle of the urban sprawl. And it's actually not in any of Sydney's regions. So it's not the Shire, it's not the Western Suburbs, it's not the North Shore, it's not the Hills District, it's nothing. It's in no region. And so it's only handled, this is one of the principles we worked out. All we've got is the suburb name. We need the suburb name. We, we can't do without the suburb name because we've got no other hook to hang our, our location on. And so location was quite important. North Light. Um, uh, it, it, we're on the North Shore of Sydney. Again, having some place in the name was important. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm relatively new at North Light. I've been there now for uh, 18, a bit, bit over 18 months. And, um, you know, people love it at, at church when I describe our, our location as the western suburbs of the North Shore. <laughs> they actually don't. It's one of those jokes that goes over like a lead balloon. <laughs> um, but um, it, it is a sense of, where, where are you? 
So, so you need some kind of, we needed something. But it's full of, there's lots of churches on the North Shore. It's one of the more densely packed areas of churches. And so for us having a distinctive, like an Anglican church that's called North Light, North Light Anglican Church, we've got enough kind of, it, what we're doing is almost brand differentiation. Um, uh, you know, we, we were St. Matthew's West Pimble, and there's a, not far away, there's a St. Matthew's West Pennant Hills. In fact, I still struggle with that. I still sometimes slip into using the wrong suburb for my own church because it's so complex. And you were going through an amalgamation, a merge process as well. That's so, right. So That's a new right. name was important to to have a new identity yeah. uh, and not be, I'm from this church and I'm from that church. That's we're actually right. an us and a we, yep. uh, not our former selves. Yeah, yeah. So North Light Anglican Church was part of the whole sort of change process of actually becoming one yeah. church, yeah. but now in two locations, now in three locations. That's right. And and of course, you know, you get in talking about the the whole, th- that whole kind of process. It's very complex, actually. Um, and we're nowhere near the end of the process of, of trying to working out how to become one church out of two in two separate locations and with quite different cultures, different scale of church. Um, so lots of things are going really well. Um, but there's lots of things we've still got to do to to, to bed it all down. So, was, but the name was important. Was that name change process though hard for people to you know lose the St Matt's identity? I think um, yes for some people, not so much for others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like anything, there's a whole lot of people going, eh, that's all right. And a whole, there, there's a few people that didn't like it. Um, there's a few people I think probably I think I'm aware of maybe three people who at least maintain that the reason they're no longer coming to church is because of the name change. Yeah, okay. So um, so significant feeling for some people. Were, were there a whole bunch of different names considered for that name change? Have you got like a, a list of, you know, bad names? You're you willing to share? I Look, I, I actually, I'll tell you about Carlingford. Um, we, we, we ran this process. And, so Carlingford has a branch church, uh, which is in a school. North, North Rocks. North Rocks, yeah. But it's not called St. Paul's North Rocks, is it? It's always, I, I always know it as North It's just Rocks. called North Rocks. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, but I, I, and, and I think sometimes people join it and don't even realise they're joining St. Paul's Carlingford. And 12 months later they go, wait, what? Are we connected to that? But um, the, uh, the, the, the interesting thing was many years ago, there was a church down there called... I think it was called St. James. I think it was called St. James or St. Peter's, one or the other. Um, But they sold it. And we initially thought, why don't we go with that as a neutral thing? Also, it might engage some of the locals who know the church. Yeah, know some of the history. And um, I think very wisely, Gary Koo, who was the senior minister, said, no, (laughs) if we're going to go back to a church name, we need to go back to St. Paul's. And I think that was a good decision. Now, it's interesting. just want to push into, you call it St. Paul's Anglican Church. Why don't you call it SPAC? Yeah. Well, many years ago, I was at Springwood, which was um, SWAC, <laughs> Springwood Windmillay Anglican Church. I think acronyms are terrible things. Terrible. <laughs> like, yeah, SPAC, SWAC. CAC. Just, oh, it just sounds terrible. And it doesn't communicate anything. It, it's a it is a handle, but it's a bad handle. It doesn't doesn't give any it doesn't give any location really because you've got to understand what the acronym stands for. It doesn't it doesn't give any value or 
it's not not a so thing. so this is helpful because often what you see on a lot of websites is it, you know there's a there's a sense Welcome of putting SPAC, yeah. SPAC you know d- just check us out at www.spac.church.au yeah heaps easier to say that you might I mean I I think you might I think maybe having um, SPAC as your um, as your website might be a good thing. But not your name, yep. not the thing you Welcome know. Welcome to sw- Swack this week. <laughs> it's just not not much fun. But yeah, uh, Swack um, was done because it was Springwood and Winmalee Anglican Church, and again they had two churches, two sites, they had three sites. They were trying to how do you express this thing? And I think I mean the direction we're headed, I think in Christianity in Australia is is more of that kind of multi-site stuff, and so. Um, often the name of you know St Paul St James whatever those kind of name approaches connect to the building. Um, they don't connect to a network because we haven't really done that before. Where churches in the olden days had multiple church sites, they would um, uh, th- each one would have its own. You know that's St Peter's, that's St Paul's, that's St John's. And yes, we've got three buildings and that's their names. And nobody really cared because you didn't live in the world of the internet. You, that was all done before cars. So the, the location stuff wasn't anywhere near as complex or difficult. So what do you wish you'd known before you started changing church names? Well, I reckon uh, you've got to understand that it's a change process. So it, it, you, you've got to understand you're embarking on a change process. And for many people, it will be quite important to them. Even if it doesn't seem that important, it actually is important. Your name carries a lot of meaning and, and, it, and it already carries meaning for people. Um, I think, um, so understanding if you're going to change your name, um, it's a big process. So that's important to understand. Don't think it's just, oh, we'll just change it. You know, me and the assistant minister decided we're changing the name to this. That's a bad move. You're going you're gonna to burn a lot of ministry capital doing that. So and- the, the, the top-down not always effective, realise that you will have to get that guiding coalition yeah. and, and a key part of that is actually communicating through the whole church, through focus groups, uh, helping them understand the why. why. And and I think that's that's the goal, right? So if you decide you want to embark on this process, and I think you should think whether you should, like is your name bad enough that you need to run this process? But if you decide you're going to do it, there's, there's goodness in it. It's mm. a bit like running a giving campaign um, where you're raising money for a building or something. It, to do it well... You have to express what you're about. Um, you have to express your purposes and what you're doing and how you're doing it, how you're going to achieve the goal. You And then you have to express how this name change will help us to do that. Just as in a giving campaign, you're, you're expressing how does this um, money we're raising for this building we want to build going to get gospel outcomes. And so it's actually, if it's done well, it's it's fantastic. It's a, it's a great vision process. Exactly. Again, hearing... Hearing the story of EV and St. Paul's as well, thinking about the outsider, thinking about how they're going to engage with us as a church is is what that whole process is, kind yeah. of realigning the church to be thinking we should be outsider, um, outsider, outsider focus. focus. And, I mean, it's, it's interesting too. I mean, these things, you've got to just own the fact that if you change your name, you're going to confuse the community. Um, mm. We were in a cafe the other day, I think in one of the other staff rooms, and somebody I didn't know but she knew um, came in and sort of said, ah. Oh, What's what are you now like in North something? <laughs> and there was this this whole conversation about sort of ribbing us about what we've done, um, and so 
you will get a little bit of pushback, a little bit of sort of what's going on, but you can use that as well. You know, there's a bit of awareness raising and that kind of thing. There's a bit of change. People will notice it. So the old sign with the faded lettering and the, you know, you refresh, you, you do all that. And that's that's kind of um, nice. So can you give us some examples of church names that you think are great or some that you think are unhelpful? And we're gonna, you're going to need to name names. Oh, man. This is... um. Yeah, I, well, to, to dump on my old my old church, I think SWAC. I don't know if they're still called that, to be honest, but I just yeah, calling like that sounds it sounds awful, um, and it and it I, I just feel like that's a uh, not a great, a little bit lazy, I think potentially. Yep. Um, and, and and it's just not a great not a great name. I think EV Church was the cleanest, and it worked in its setting, and it was a gift. Like it just it just happened and. I think I think that's actually a great name, and it works in their setting. No one else has called that, or uh, is anybody else called that now? I don't know. If oh, there are a few. There are a few EV churches around the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it, it's I, I just thought. It, what it What about a name like Establish or Sojourn? Yeah, those names um, impact church. Um, those kind of names. The problem with those names, they're a little bit like EV Church, right? So they're they're only going to be workable, I think, if you're very large and have a big footprint in your city or your world, or you're um, you're a big fish in a small pond. So you're you're, you're a church in a small town or something, um, because they don't tell you anything, um, and so that that's the negative of it. So you know, well, Sojourn Church, where what's that? Like, first of all, what does that word mean? And secondly, wh- where is that? Like, where in the world is that? It gives you no, nothing for it. So that's not saying it's the end, that, that, that it's necessarily a bad choice, but you would need to consider carefully what are the downsides of choosing a name like that. I actually think, um, and uh, people would disagree with me on this, but I actually think the traditional naming conventions are actually not so stupid. Um Give yourself a handle, like some Pauls or something, a saint maybe that works. Or, But use your, um, if you're Anglican, I think, say what you are. So use your denominational name so people yep. can yep. have clarity on who I, you are. I, I think so. I don't know how FIC does it. I think the Anglicans, the Presbyterians, the Baptists generally do it, and I think that's helpful. I think otherwise people, it's one more step, you know. Oh, I didn't realise this was a Baptist church. Um, I didn't realise it was an Anglican church. Mm. Yeah, you just you're not really helping people. I think the word church. I think some people argue you shouldn't have the word church in the name. I, I, I kind of think you do. Like I said before, is it a church or an abattoir? What is it? Mm. What what is this thing? You know. And so I think that's that's helpful. Um, I actually yeah. And and the other thing is most of those churches use the suburb names, and I think if that's your ministry, if you if you are ministering to a suburb. Um, or a, a, a slightly bigger area than a suburb, it, it's not a bad thing to say what you are. You're the church reaching that suburb. I mean, I, I think just plug the Anglicans for a minute. I think that's one of the geniuses of the parish system. The parish system pushes people to say, um, we need to we need to make sure we're building churches for every community. So if there's a community, we need to form a parish around it, put a church there. It's like a, a self-deploying church planting strategy. And... Naming what the parish is, the parish is geographical. Naming what our target is is kind of helpful. 
that's the problem Carlingford had when Carlingford, I think, thought it was a regional church and, and was wanting the more regional thing. When we analysed it, funnily enough, we realised we were much less regional than we thought. A dramatic number of our people were actually in our parish or just outside of it. Although we did draw from a broader area, it was only 10 or 15% where it came from broader than just so our most, parish. Yeah, most people come within 15 minutes yeah. drive of your church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in Sydney, that's, that's getting minutes. smaller every year. Mm. 15 minutes drive time is getting smaller mm. every year in Sydney. Um, and so, yeah, I think we're shrinking back into the, the, the geography of local. Yeah, the... Time is not changing. Just to just to help people understand about fifteen minutes and how far you can how go far you can drive in fifteen minutes. That's right. That's right. I, I got stuck in just my own suburb for an hour and a half. Doctor Strange multiverse once. moment there. Yeah, that's right. So time hasn't changed. Neither has space. Traffic has though. Yeah, traffic definitely has. Well, um, that's really helpful, uh, Robbo. That's been great just to sort of push into that. Uh, remembering that it's a change process. Uh, remembering that you want to have a memorable name. Think through using your denominational name in the name and use church. Uh, and then remember, there will be people in your church who are attached to your name if you are going to go through a change process as well. Uh, so, so Robert, what's the one thing you want to say about changing the church's name? You're going to have to realise that every setting is different. And these principles, uh, all these different ideas will apply differently in each different setting. So you understand your own setting and make decisions based on your own setting. Great. Well, it's been really good having you on this uh, podcast. Always always useful hearing your wisdom and uh, thinking into various stuff. If you want to hear more of uh, Robbo, uh, Robbo's done a whole series on church buildings uh, on our sister podcast, the Reach Australia podcast. So we'll put a link in the show notes to that uh, as well. Um, and in terms, of, in terms of books and go-to resources, I'd encourage you to just think into a, you know, look look for a branding a branding book at your local library. Um, pull that out. And then one other final resource, uh, Reach Digital, Gus McCoward and his, and his team. They can talk to you about refreshing your brand, re- refreshing your logo, um, thinking about what your current, you know, logo and branding communicates and what you want to communicate as well. And so often you might not need to change your name, but maybe go through a refresh just of your signage and your branding. That can be as, as good as a name change. I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon.